0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 2,158 Today we're continuing our series of looks at the Disney Plus series Disney Gallery colon Star Wars colon The Mandalorian And one person is definitely coming to the fore as part of these episodes Jon Favreau certainly has been front and center But there's another person who seems to be being prominently featured Punch it! <laughs> Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, let's talk about Legacy, which is episode 2 from the Mandalorian Disney Gallery series. And, you know, this episode came out a couple of weeks ago and there's a clip from that episode that was making the rounds on social media about Duel of the Fates. And I thought that we were going to be talking about that as I headed into this episode, but... I swear to you I didn't plan it this way. It turns out that Dave Filoni had something to say about the scene in Return of the Jedi where Luke fights Vader and Vader is ultimately redeemed. And we were just talking about that. But I hadn't watched the episode until after I had recorded my own thoughts about that situation so it was really odd to suddenly find oh my gosh Dave Filoni had a whole different way of thinking about it and it's definitely a different way of thinking about it from what you and I talked about yesterday for the most part but I'm jumping ahead of myself First thing that I want to share with you is a quote from Dave Filoni about George Lucas and about his
1: involvement with Star Wars storytelling. When you say George Lucas and he created it, I don't think people give enough full value to what that means. I like to think I do, but I worked with him, so I've seen him create it. I've seen the person that uh, comes up with the lines and the dialogue and understands Anakin Skywalker and Luke Skywalker in a very deep level because those characters are a part of him. And for my part joining Lucasfilm, I always respected that. I never felt that Star Wars was something that was mine. I felt privileged to be a part of telling the story. I felt grateful that I got to do it with George and that I would write stories and try and tell stories and he would come in and say, okay, well, that's not what I meant or that's not how that works. And he would kind of course correct it because he should, it's his story. You know, he created the universe, the Millennium Falcon, Chewbacca, Yoda. I mean, all these things, Darth Vader, all came out of his brain and you just need to tap into that stay true to kind of what this is and do what george did which was constantly find new ways to tell these stories so here's
0: the thing about this on the one hand it's beautiful and humble to hear this from dave filoni and on the other hand there's going to be a point there has to be a point where george lucas is no longer involved in these stories i mean he has been on set and had some sort of input into every one of the five Star Wars movies that have been released since the acquisition by Disney. He was on the set of The Mandalorian and offering thoughts and feedback and so on and so forth. He was offering feedback and um, comments on The Clone Wars Season 7 that came out earlier this year. I mean, he's been involved in this Star Wars storytelling, but at some point, he's no longer going to be, and at some point, as scary as this seems to say, we need him not to be. We need our storytellers for Star Wars to be able to take the leap. And they are starting to talk about these sorts of things by talking about collaboration. Bryce Dallas Howard later on talks about how Lucas brought in other people to tell stories. And Rick Famuyiwa talks about you know these larger stories in the galaxy and how you know he gets to tell these stories and how Star Wars was just very inclusive in that way. Pedro Pascal also talks about that as well. So all the groundwork is there, but it's all framed around, you know, collaboration with Lucas and the opportunity that he created with the galaxy, but it's not yet the you know push out of the nest and allowing all of these storytellers to tell Star Wars stories without Lucas's input. So that's going to have to change at some point. And I guess to a large degree, it is happening in other areas. I mean, I haven't heard anything about Lucas being consulted on the VR series stuff, for example. He's certainly not consulting on comics or books. It's just the live action and the animation. But He's going to have to be weaned off of that. And Star Wars storytellers are going to have to be weaned off of having him available. And they're going to have to start telling their own stories and trusting that George Lucas has given them everything that they need to be able to continue these stories in a way that would be fitting and you know honorable for the maker himself. Now, here's the other thing I wanted to share with you. So, if you listened to yesterday's episode about... Whether the act of throwing the Emperor down that power shaft was actually a redemptive act for Vader, whether he really redeemed himself to the light side of the force, or whether he was just reacting to you know 20 plus years of abuse and the fact that he was about to be cast aside by Emperor Palpatine. Well, there's another way to look at it, and this is what Dave Filoni has to say about the confrontation between Luke and Vader in Return of the Jedi and about Vader's final act of redemption.
1: I-, I believed Luke would turn to the dark side in Return of the Jedi. I believed that was on the table. I believed that he would kill the Emperor. And because of the way George arranged the story, I knew that was the wrong thing to do. When he's saying, you know, you want your weapon, you know, strike me down, I am defenseless. He wants him to give into his anger. He wants him to give in to his hate. And-, and the fear, the structure that George has laid out in all the movies it- is coming to fruition now. And the only thing that's gonna save him is not his connection to the Force. It's not the powers he's learned. It's not all these things that are an advantage to him. That's gotten him to the table. But what saves Luke is his ability to look at all that and look at his father and say, no, I'm gonna throw away this weapon. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna let that go and be selfless. And and he says, you know, I am a Jedi like my father before me, but what he's really saying and why we connect, I connect so powerfully to it is like he's saying, I love my father, and there's nothing you can do that's going to change that. And the, the Emperor can't understand that connection. Why wouldn't you take this? I'm the power of the galaxy. Why wouldn't you take this? And Anakin then, in that moment, has to decide to be the father that he's never had. He has to give up all the power of the galaxy and save his son. And, and that's the selfless act that he doesn't return for his son. And that's what saves him in turn so the, the son said the father said his son and it works out perfectly and i draw that line all the way from phantom menace to jedi that's the story of star wars so
0: as i was saying at the top of the episode this is mostly contradictory with what i was saying yesterday but the note that we talked about at the end of the episode or toward the end of the episode about lucas adding the new no! in the special edition that doing so removes some of the ambiguity about Vader's motivations in that moment and actually skews it toward him making that act a redemptive act. So it lines up with what Dave Filoni is saying in that excerpt that we just shared. I have to say, I love that way of thinking about it. I think it's absolutely beautiful and it speaks to me, like it is very moving to me to hear Dave Filoni explain it that way. And the fact of the matter is is that they're not actually that far off after all. It's just conceptually a different way of expressing it. When Dave Filoni is saying that Vader has to be the father for himself that he never had, he has to parent himself, he has to be the one to stand up for himself... And that's essentially what he's doing in the way that I described it, which is just, you know, stopping the abuse and saving himself, not subjecting himself to everything that the Emperor has been doing to him and is very likely going to do to him once Luke has been dealt with. There's a certain poetry to the way that Dave Filoni expresses it, and I just think it's so fantastic, and I'm so glad that he's sharing stuff like this in the Mandalorian Disney Gallery series. And I think that this is kind of purposeful on the part of Disney Plus and Disney and Lucasfilm to put Dave Filoni not exactly front and center because Jon Favreau is front and center on this too, but they're giving Dave Filoni a lot of time to talk about Star Wars in these episodes so far. And I would say that a lot of people who... You know, have any sort of relationship with Star Wars are probably not familiar with Dave Filoni because when you think of the movies, you think of George Lucas, right? And when you think of the TV series, you think of John Favreau. When you think of animation, you think of Dave Filoni, but as far as the audience for those three things goes, animation, the animation audience, is probably smaller than the audience for The Mandalorian, which is probably smaller than the audience for the movies. And so this series, this gallery series, is giving Star Wars fans more of an opportunity to be exposed to Dave Filoni and his way of thinking. He's been talked about for a long time as sort of Lucas's heir apparent, studied at his feet, made the Clone Wars series with him. And I'll be curious to see if this continues to develop over the rest of the episodes of the Disney Gallery, Colin Star Wars, colon, The Mandalorian. The name is a mouthful. Uh, I'll be very curious to see if this trend continues, because it does seem like they are giving him more space. They are positioning him more visibly to talk about Star Wars than they have before. And I think doing so in a way that they're not doing with John Favreau, which... You know, that's not a knock on anyone. I'm just saying I find this particularly interesting about how they're bringing Dave Filoni front and center, and I think it's a very good idea. Now, that's where we're going to leave things here, but if you want to continue the conversation, then by all means, drop me a comment on this episode on social media or at home base for the show at sw7x7.com. And if you are enjoying the shows and you are not yet part of the Patreon community, then I hope you will consider it. Even at $1 a month, $1 a month helps to defray the cost of producing the show on a daily basis and making sure that it gets to people who are thirsty for a dose of Star Wars joy in more than 150 countries where the show has been downloaded. You can help make that happen by going to patreon.com slash sw7x7. And that's going to do it for our show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the curve be flattening for you, wherever in the world you may be.
1: This is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.